Hello, everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I am Stephanie Goldstein, and this is Life Successories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion, and that is what we love to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Life Successories Podcast and also on Facebook. You can also email us at lifesaccessoriespodcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or accessory suggestions. And if you like what you're listening to, and we hope you do, we would love it for you to share this podcast with a friend or two and like and rate and review us where you get your podcast and do not forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Today, we are talking with Maureen Petrosky. First, can we just say that Maureen wore a brooch on the Today Show over the holidays and we're actually taking credit for that? hundred percent we're taking credit for that we follow her on instagram as everybody should and we saw her i think it was a segment for thanksgiving she looked yes. beautiful as always she had Gorgeous. this amazing brooch and we were like it was, she was on the show right after our award-winning can i say award-winning <laughs> of course we can say whatever we want yeah, brooch podcast. episode brooches are coming back we're bringing them yes, back so thank are. you maureen we're going to talk to her about that Absolutely. so maureen is awesome She has authored several drink books, which I think is really cool. She regularly appears on television, sometimes wearing a brooch. (laughs) She always looks fabulous. She's super creative. Side note that during COVID, um, she has posted a bit about this. She made several of those Today Show appearances from her home kitchen, which is gorgeous, and from her backyard. So we want to talk to her about that as well. We sure do. And so you've probably seen Maureen because she appears regularly as an entertaining and lifestyle expert on NBC's Today Show. She's the author of three soon to be four best-selling books. She's a favorite guest speaker and team workshop leader in the food and drink space, as well as healthcare and women's conferences. And fans love her for her accessible and fun approach to topics. She is so fun, including mindful drinking, dream jobs, and media coaching. And she's loved for her quick and easy yet sophisticated recipes, hosting parties, decorating, food and wine pairings, and cocktails. I mean, when I see her on the Today Show or on Instagram, I I have such envy. Like, I want to be her, you know? Yes. Um, So in addition to all that, she also runs a successful creative consulting company where she advises top food and drink brands on current trends and content development. Maureen is the ultimate hostess, as my mom used to say, the hostess with the most. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the only lifestyle expert focused on helping young professional moms, neighbors and coworkers bring their online social experiences to life with real-world social clubs inspired by her smart, chic book series, TV and spokesman appearances, and editorial features. She's the ultimate hostess in real life. I mean, there is a lot to dig into here, isn't there? There is. There is. And I'm, not, I'm excited to get started. Hi, Maureen. Welcome. Hi, We're so happy to have you. Thanks for being here, Maureen. We're so excited to talk to you. So we, the burning question of the day, what is your accessory? What meaningful accessory do you want to talk about with us? Okay, so it was so hard to choose just one because yes, I love accessories. Always is. And this one in particular is a watch and it's an old vintage watch and it's tiny and it's gold and it looks like a present. Um, it's a watch I have to wind if I want to wear it and I have yes. to be very careful because 
uh, it comes off. But this watch was my mom's and she is, has teeny tiny wrist, just like I do. And so it's always hard to find something. So like, I don't know if you can, this is so tiny and it fits me perfectly. And it's just one of those things I always admired in her jewelry box. And, you know, she has things that are special to her and not special. And she was just like, just have it. You can have it. And I just loved this watch from the moment I saw it. I love older things and vintage. And so this is kind of like an antique bulova. That's what it looks like. And Beautiful. it's probably the daintiest thing I own, but I just adore it. And even though it's not practical, it's not waterproof. It's not <laughs> synced up to my phone. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't count your step. It doesn't do it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't talk to you. Right? It doesn't No, And that's what I love about it. Yes. It reminds me of a simpler, different time mm. and staying present. And, you know, there's all these cliches about, you know, time and being, you know, it's a moment in time or it's time to do something. And so I had chosen a different accessory, but I was kept thinking about this watch. And yeah, because it was the first thing that popped in my mind. I was like, what accessories do I have? And we probably all have way more than we need or want, or even sometimes remember, oh, I forgot I had those earrings or I forgot I had that. But this right. is something I never forget about. And I picked something different. And then I was in my office and I walked past something else I'm going to show you, which yeah. was this one and only time I was on the cover of a magazine. Oh, I'm wow. wearing the watch, if you can see. <gasps> yes. And I thought to myself, this was in 2015, but <gasps> I thought that's what I should talk about is this watch. <gasps> and it also was like a sign to me that it is time like to do this. And it's so strange to look back on that magazine cover because it says live your dream Maureen Petrosky turned her passion into a dynamic career and I've been slowly working on the last couple of months changing my perspective from a selfie culture to a service culture and how I can really teach people to do what I did because I'm kind of past the moment where I'm not the influencer I'm not the the Mm -hmm. TikToker you know I'm someone that can show some other people how to do that how to go mm-hmm. forward just like you guys so you talk about like what are your passions what what drives yeah. you like what gets you excited and so when I saw that on that cover and I thought oh my god that was I don't know seven years ago eight years ago now and yeah. it's telling me this watch is telling me it is time to shift what I'm doing and start really working on what I want to do and what my new passion is and what I'm excited about now in this next phase. So I that's a watch from my mom. So what will that look like? That's amazing. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's exciting stuff. You don't know what yeah. it's going to look like. Yeah. We can just, relate. Right. <laughs> can I interject here for a minute? First of all, my mind is a little bit blown right now because yeah, there's mine just too. so much to unpack there. <laughs> right. Let me just break some news here for our listeners. This is the first watch to appear on Life's Accessories. Yes. That's awesome. We've had scarves, we've had yeah. necklaces, we've had dresses. I'm thinking a million things. First of all, Stephanie and I could talk about watches forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I It's funny you said that about this dainty, small timepiece because I have this tiny, and I don't have it now because it's in the bank box. It's not here, but it's this tiny little, um, and we'll show pictures of your watch online because I know our listeners can't see, but mine is a tiny little platinum. It looks like a little bracelet with the tiniest face. It belonged to my grandmother. It has little stones around it. She gave it to me when I got married and I wore it at my wedding. And it's funny because this is kind of a joke in my family. We don't know if it's folklore or not, but supposedly this is known as the world's tiniest watch in the bank box in a Ziploc baggie is a little printout of some stuff about it. Supposedly Queen Elizabeth, may she rest in peace, had a similar watch (laughs) by a similar maker. And so did my grandmother, Melly, and now me. 
could be total BS. We don't know, <laughs> but it is interesting. I, my ears kind of perked up when you talked about how, you know, it's not an Apple watch. It doesn't, yeah. you know, do anything for you, except it does kind of represent a moment in time. And I think it's so interesting how you're reflecting now on sort of where you are in your life and what you're doing, because you do do a million things. Can we go back a little bit. And can you first tell us a little bit about maybe some of your television work and your work on the Today Show and what you've done and how that's evolving? So I started on the Today Show when I was 25. So that was 22, it'll be 22 years this month um, that I have been doing the Today Show. And I've been on the show almost a hundred times now. I was doing the math the other day and you probably wouldn't know that or recognize me I, you know, under the radar, but it's been a great outlet for me for all of the different projects that I work on. I, I'm a writer. I mm-hmm. am a consultant. I am a lifestyle and entertaining expert is the title that has kind of grown around me to be a parachute for all of the different things I like to do. But primarily I focus in the food and drink space and home entertaining. So when I say to entertain the expert, it's not like I'm a uh, Hollywood entertainment. It's more of home entertainment and how right. you, you know enjoy your space and show others how to do the same thing. Um, and so over the years, I started working for Bon Appetit magazine. I was an editor there, and I would go on camera. I went on the Today Show the first time for Bon Appetit magazine, and I worked there for a few years. I lived in Manhattan, and then I got pregnant with twins. Which, mm. if you've ever been in an apartment in Manhattan, you can. <laughs> very quickly um, outspaced from. So we started looking, you know, in the city to buy further out into New Jersey or Connecticut, New York. And we just started coming down the train line. And I think as a lot of people do when they have children, they, they go back to their mother or their, where they're from and they find comfort and solace in that. And having two babies coming at me as I was writing my very first book, The Wine Club, I was like panicked. I wasn't, I didn't, Grew up in Manhattan. I didn't know how to do it. We loved living there. We loved the city and the energy of it, but it wasn't a space that I was prepared to raise two children in. And so we went all the way down the train line and then jumped the river back to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where my mom was and still is. And so um, I had help, like built in help with the babies. Mm -hmm. And they were only five months old when I went on my first book tour, which was a thing back in the day. We would go on book tours. Yes. And um, it just has always been a balancing act for me. My family comes first, 100%, and then my work, but I was never willing to give up my work. I never really stopped working, except I have to say in the last couple of years is when I've pulled back the most because now my children, my twins then are now getting ready to go to college. And in this last year, I've had this panic that- they're not going to be here. And oh my God, I'm going to miss all this time coming back. We know what, we know what that's like. We know what that's Mm -hmm. like. I look at my children and I feel like they think I'm going to burst into tears every five seconds because I just stare at them now because they're getting so old. Right. (laughs) Stephanie, I do burst into tears. (laughs) It happens often and they make fun of me. I'm tearing up right now. (laughs) Okay. I I do too. Okay. I do too. I'm just saying, right. (laughs) Right. It's true. And I just, there she goes goes again. Yeah. And it, and it's, you know, again, another cliche, it goes so fast, you know, the, yes, it does. the days are long, the years are short and it's, it is very true. And so I've always been able to tap back in the today show has been always very supportive of my work. And even last night up until, you know, I pitch stories all the time and often they just will call me because I have, have working for so long with them. I have very um, established with them, my production knowledge. So they know that we can mm-hmm. do anything and during COVID. We were going live here from my house. From yeah. My well, so that, um, was, what was that like for you? Bananas. 
completely yeah. bananas. <laughs> I was, I was hair, makeup, wardrobe. I, I did audio. I did lighting. I, I mean, the whole nine yards of food styling, right. script writing, the whole thing we did. And then I also had to make sure that, you know, my kids were quiet. My dog was quiet, that no one was ringing the doorbell. Like, I mean, it was just so, it's very stressful. It's been fun. I actually, we did yeah. one not too long ago. Actually, we did two right before Christmas, like still from the kitchen, yes. um, working with um, Vicki Wen, who's my new, my favorite host right now. She's so awesome. So yes. I, they've been always very supportive. Like I said, I try to do educational pieces always on things that are aspirational, but really attainable. Um you know, creating beautiful things in your life, like I said, but that anyone can really do. And even my books, the wine club, yes, cocktail club, zero proof drinks. I'm not a mixologist. You know, I'm with zero proof. People say, are you a doctor? Are you nutritionist? I'm not at all. I'm none of those things. I'm just like the rest of you. I'm just taking it from a lifestyle perspective. And so that's how I've worked on TV. Today's show has been my steady, but I have done broadcast for almost every single affiliate across the country. I've done, I did CNN. CNN's actually where I started before I did the TV show. I lived in Atlanta and that was my first TV outlet. I used to do wine segments for them monthly when I lived there and then moved here and had met a Bon Appetit um, person at a wine event and they asked me to come on board. And that's how that all rolled into what is now still a patchwork quilt of a career. That's so cool. Um, can I just focus in on one particular uh, Today Show appearance? Because Stephanie and I talked about it before we brought you on, which is we were totally fangirling you on Instagram when you posted. I think it was a segment you did for Thanksgiving from your beautiful yeah. kitchen and you were wearing a brooch, a brooch. And we just had an episode come out and we're like, did Maureen do that for us? So can you talk about a little bit of this, of sort of your choices of your styling for when you are on television and also to bring it, have you ever worn the watch on um, the Today Show? Definitely. I have worn yeah. the watch on the Today Show. You know, I, <laughs> I haven't worn the watch in a while. And when you, when we were talking about, you know, choosing an accessory to talk about, it reminded me of the watch. And I'm so grateful to you both for that because it does hold a lot of value to me and inspiration for me. So thank you for that. Um, on the Today Show, I've worn a lot of brooches, actually. There's been times where I've worn three or four all at one time. I love to like put them all together. I yep. think things like that are impactful. When you choose wardrobe for TV, there is a rhyme and reason to it. You know, right now we're talking, I have this pattern on, but you wouldn't choose something that's a, a busy pattern. There are certain colors that look better on camera, that work better under the lights, even if it's not a color I would typically wear, like I don't wear a pink in my life, but I wear it on camera often, like mm-hmm, a very mm-hmm. rich fuchsia pink that it works with the lighting. Yeah. Um, you don't want anything that will well, moray is what they call it. Anything that's like a black and white pattern because under the lights and in film, it can actually look like it's vibrating or moving. Yes. And you've yes. probably seen that on camera, yes. you know, stripes are not great. Um, prints work if they're really big or bold. So typically it's a solid color with some kind of uh, texture in it that I like, but the accessories for me are so important on camera. I love a scarf. I love a head scarf. I know that's also harkens back to a different time, um, mm. but I love, I love brooches. And so for me, I was just wearing a black shirt, but that was a way, a place that I could show this big giant vintage orange flower brooch. Yes. yes. It was Thanksgiving-esque for me. That's something that I would, it made me think of Thanksgiving fall um, colors. And so I think that big rings work and, and bold earrings, you know, big things that like, again, like this is 
pretty big earring that I'm wearing right now, but I wouldn't typically probably wear this out during the day, but for TV or broadcast, it, sh- it shows with my dark hair. So right. I make different choices for accessories for broadcast than I would for my daily life. Your, your style, your approach to entertaining is so fun and so approachable, as you said, which is your intention. And um, tell us about what inspires you. Were you trained formally? Are these like, what, what's brought you to this work? So I always say that my mom is the original Martha. I mean, I grew up in a household with vignettes everywhere for every holiday. So if if it was Valentine's Day, my mom would have the table set for Valentine's Day. There were red decorations. If it was St. Patrick's Day, she would make us green eggs and ham before we left for breakfast in the morning. (laughs) We would come home to a table set with the green tablecloth and we would have the the meal that you would traditionally have, um, you know, ham and cabbage that was so it didn't matter what it was seasonally she changed her decor which is what inspires me to do so and she did simple things even when we were younger and I'm sure they didn't have a lot of money when we were younger um, moving into a house and changing things the decor was always important to her and I think it's because and I've learned that it's because it's a simple way that you can create peace in your life or you can create joy in your life by changing something little. It doesn't always have to be a dramatic overhaul and little things like putting a garnish in a drink or putting out a pretty piece of glassware brings me joy. And when I do it for others, I see the smiles on their faces and it's the little things that make people feel special. And you don't have to have a great, perfectly appointed kitchen. You don't have to have your couch reupholstered. But if you serve a drink to someone that comes to your house in a pretty glass with a little garnish, it makes a big impact and they remember it and it makes them feel special. And I find joy in that. That is so no truer words. I agree. We, we were yeah. talking a little bit before you came on about how you're a decorator and a redecorator. And I was saying, I feel like I'm always <laughs> yeah. redecorating. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously they're big projects. You could redo your kitchen, but sometimes I'll just change up the placemats or something like that, exactly. you know, um, along these lines, by the way, I love what you said, how your mom is the original Martha. What's your mom's name? Her name's Margaret, but she goes by Margaret. Peggy. Okay. Peggy, Martha. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of people can get overwhelmed by the thought of entertaining, whether it's like a fancy dinner party, a holiday. I feel like these days, sometimes people don't even want to have anybody over to their house. I mean, Stephanie and I love to cook and bake and entertain, and and I know you do too, and we're (laughs) probably the exception to the rule, not sure. But can you give our listeners some tips for entertaining, whether it be a few people over for dinner, for wine and a book club to a big dinner party or a holiday, anything to sort of get people over that scary hump of, oh my gosh, I'm having people over to my house. First of all, everyone gets overwhelmed, even me. So even the experts, and if they tell you they aren't, they're lying. Um, Even the people that can afford to hire help and hire servers and hire cooks, it's overwhelming. So just know that when you're putting yourself out there, people appreciate it and it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it just give yourself a beat. If you're, if you're open enough to having friends over, 
that's the most important thing. And everyone does it their own way. You know, I have friends whose houses I go over and I'm starving and they don't serve the food for hours. And I'm like, uh, I always have something <laughs> yeah. right there when I come Been in. there. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's how I, I entertain. Like right. you walk in the door, there's a drink and there's something to eat, even if it's not the main course or the dinner, or um, it's just a little snack. I think there's two things that you have to remember for me, the drinks and the food should be pretty and simple. And that's it. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be overdone. You don't have to make it all from scratch. It's not, I always also, in my brain, I always think, make it, buy it. I'll make one thing and I'll buy the rest of the things, you know? So I'll buy the other things. If I'm not a baker, you know, I'm not like you guys. I don't have that baking gene. I will buy the baked goods. I'll trust my bakery to do that for me. And I'll make the food or I'll make an appetizer or I'll make a drink and I'll buy all the food. And I'll just make sure I take it out of those packages and put it on my pretty plates. So it's pretty and it's simple. And, you know, with drinks, again, it's glassware for me. I just, I love a punch bowl. I love glassware. I think that it's just visually uh, stunning and people don't even really pay attention what's in it. If you, someone walks in the door and I offer them a drink, 99% of the time, they're going to say, oh, sure. Even if they're a beer drinker or they're not, you know, they're not a cocktail drinker. If I say, would you like to try this, you know, Cure Royale? Yes. People love something that's presented to them. So make it easy on yourself. Make it easy on your guests. Just keep it pretty and simple. And pretty doesn't have to be over the top. It can just be something little. But I think you hit the nail on the head at the beginning of this, right? Where you said it's, it's about sparking joy in people right I mean it's it's having people over it's an expression of love and kindness and you know you could hand them a cheeseburger and they'd be happy right I mean I'm I'm, you're reminding me of all the times that my mother loved to entertain too and so and people would call her Martha I don't know but um you know she would call me to say well I'm having these ladies over for lunch and what should I do and you know she'd go through five different iterations of a menu and we decide on what made sense and what was, you know, simple, elegant. And the lunch would come and go, mom, how was it? How was, how was the quiche and the arugula salad? Oh, we didn't have that. And I'd say, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, it was just, it was this constant focus on those details, which are um, so important, but just, again, that's that expression of love and care, right? And connection. I think yeah. One thing that COVID taught us, the most important thing is being together and being able to totally. be together. The rest of the things are add-ons, you know, they're all just the the cherry on top. It's about being together. And I love that your Couldn't mom agree more. Yeah. I don't okay. know if your mom also entertained Rachel, but well, thank you for mentioning it because my mom, um, nobody ever called her Martha. The funny thing about my mom, and I think she would have appreciated this conversation, is that she loved to entertain. She was an amazing entertainer, but she hated to cook. I mean, hated it. Never cooked. I her she had a mother and a sister who cooked a lot. And I think that's why I've taken to cooking and baking so much because yeah. it was something that she didn't do. But I will say she entertained a lot. So I think she would have appreciated your advice because she was famous among her friends, the birthday group. Shout out to my mom's friends, the birthday group. <laughs> um, that she yeah. would go to the market or the gourmet store or whatever and buy whatever she needed to buy. And she'd take it home and take it out of the containers. And she had the most beautiful dishes and she would put it in her dishes and she would make it look so lovely. She loved setting the table. She would set mm. the table a week in advance before Thanksgiving. I so you know, every, everybody has their strengths. And sometimes when I'm entertaining, I will thank you for your advice. Cause I will be like for Thanksgiving. I was like, everything is made from scratch and everything is an Ina garden recipe. And I was like a little snooty about it. And like, 
I was like, okay, fine. You can bring up high. That's fine. So <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you can be flexible with all that. Um, can I pivot for a second? Because I really want to ask you about all of your books, mm-hmm. your drink books and what you're working on. And, um, I loved zero proof in particular. And, um, this episode is coming out in winter time, but uh, for our listeners, this is the magic of recording. It's January now. And I am for the first time in my life doing dry January and really enjoying it. So please tell us about all of your books and how they came to be and what's coming up next. So my original book is the wine club and that started out of total selfish needs. My friends and I were all, this is, we were, this, that book is 17 years old now. We were all working in Atlanta. We all worked in the film industry and then everyone started kind of going their own ways. You know, you, you kind of, the restaurant industry and the film industry are similar and in that you're attracted to it when you're young. The hours are insane. The people are insane. It's exciting. It's fast paced. And then you burn out. And you know, the people that can stay through it for an entire career really are just built from a different fabric. And so I was wanting to get out of doing that full time. A friend, another friend of mine who was a PA, she went to work at a food bank. Another friend got out and went to work in PR. And so we were all not working together on set anymore and we wanted to be together. And so we talked about having a book club and we tried to have a book club, but half the people would read the book and half the people would not just be there for drinking. And so I was like, why don't we just have a wine club? And I think that obviously most wine book clubs are wine clubs anyway. Yes, you you and, cut to the chase. That's yeah. what you did right there, Maureen. Yeah. Right. Good and I thought you. someone had to write this book already, but I had the background because I went to school to be a chef. I studied after Villanova. I went to the CIA. So I had the, the okay. background and then I went back and did my sommelier certification through the court of master sommelier. So I had the wine credit, but I wanted my regular friends to drink it. I didn't, you know, most people don't want to be a sommelier. And so book club turned into wine club just by the nature of it. And I started writing about it and then I sold the idea and I had, this was my first book and people in the wine industry thought, and you're like, well, that can't be the book. What is the book about? And I'm like, it's about how to have a wine club because that's what the rest of the people in the world that don't want to be sommeliers um, or wine snobs do. And so it's full of recipes. It's based on the year, the calendar year monthly and how to, I you pick one style of wine each month and then there's appetizers in there. Now that book I wrote prior to having children. So those recipes, much like your Thanksgiving, Rachel, are all from scratch and there's a yes. lot of ingredients and it's very time consuming. I and- almost like passed out the night of Thanksgiving. I was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So imagine trying to do these for just your friends coming over. So right. I, I aimed big on that one. And then the cocktail club, when the kids went to school for full time, I wrote, yeah. that was, then I was like, I want to write another book. And Again, I had moved now at this point, I lived in Bucks County and I had a bunch of friends that one friend was starting an aesthetics company. Another friend was working in pharma and we just weren't connecting. And so when you give yourself a reason to get together once a month, like a book club or an investment Mm -hmm. club or a knitting club or baking club, um, and it has an enrichment part to it. It's almost like an excuse. We're learning about wine. We have to go to wine club, you know, right. You give yourself permission if you have it on the schedule. So I wrote the cocktail club, same idea. Once a month you get together, each month was based on a a spirit. So, or a style of cocktail. So there's pitcher drinks in there, but there was, you know, it'd be vodka. And then we'd talk through the classics and then a few new ones. And it's the perfect way to find a wine or a drink that you like without spending a ton of money because you could make them and share them again with your friends, see mm-hmm. what you like. And that's the whole idea is to empower you to find out what you like, what you want to drink. And so 
then I wrote Zero Proof during COVID. We were home and I had sold the idea prior to lockdown. And it was a trend that I was seeing in cities where chefs were, you know, chefs usually, the trends start in the kitchen, they come out to the bar. That's the nature of progression in high-end restaurants and culinary meccas, you know, like Manhattan and Miami and LA and Chicago. I was seeing zero proof or alcohol-free drinks on menus. And so it was getting momentum and just, you know, the whole idea of wellness and well-being and self-care being a big part of the conversation. And then we went into lockdown. So I sold the book idea. I've always sold the ideas with, you know, some sort of format. That's another show we could do about how to sell a book. I could tell you guys how to do that. Um, But I, (laughs) I started writing the book and then we went into lockdown and the whole world started drinking their faces off. Like nobody was giving up alcohol. Everybody was really drinking a lot. Like cases of wine. Yeah. And I thought, is this, is this going to work after knowing like how much we poured into it and all of the imagery we shot in my house in three days, it was me and one photographer because we were on lockdown and nobody was working, but I still wanted to hit this deadline. And it was also a great way to stay out of the the really dark parts of COVID in the beginning, mm-hmm. like the thoughts of this world we're in and how this is going to yes. shape up. And so I was still making pretty drinks and I was working insane hours and test rest, testing recipes. And it was a great outlet for me. While your kids, I'm sure were doing homeschool and everything. Like yes. That. yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, this my is goodness. why parents were drinking all day long. So, right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we came out of COVID and it's been really great. It's been really embraced. It's doing fantastic. Um, liquor.com just picked it as one of the top five zero proof drinks. So I was kind of ahead of the trend on this because now there's a whole bunch more coming out. And again, this is from a perspective of lots of things you have in your pantry. You can make delicious, beautiful drinks, feel like you're indulging yourself and not giving anything up. And like the reason dry January exists is because we all overindulge over the holidays. But uh, last weekend, a friend of mine, she writes the morning column for the New York times. She said, always be resolving. And I loved that because mm. just to me felt like it doesn't have to be January or sober October. It can be March. It can be summer. Mm-hmm. It can be whenever you want. You can make the resolution to cut back a little bit. And I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist, like I said before. So this is not coming from a medical perspective or for anyone that struggles with addiction or alcohol dependency. This is for Every single person that might want to take a break from alcohol for the weekend, for a month, Mm -hmm. for a year, forever, whatever you want to do. So it's just, again, it's just a building block for you to incorporate this change into your lifestyle. That's fantastic. You know what I'm always curious about when when meeting um, cookbook or or, um, drink book authors, recipe development. Can you talk about how, how how do you come up with a recipe? Like what goes into it? What's the process? I think we all start from things we like or we know mm-hmm. or we're curious about. So I guess those are three different ways to approach it. But for yeah. me, when I'm writing a book, that's probably the hardest part is how we're going to structure the book. How will the reader use this manual and how will it be make the most sense? And so, for instance, so I have a new book coming out in the spring. It's also called Wine Club, but it is the updated version of this one nice. that's almost 17 years old. Cool. And Congratulations. Thank you. And it's completely different. So if you already have the first Wine Club and you've been asking because 
there are wine clubs across the country that constantly email me. When is it? When are you going to write another book? When are you going to another write, write another Love book? It. So there is let's another start wine a wine club, club you guys. Let's do a wine club. Yeah, let's start a wine I like club. It. I like <laughs> it. Um, yeah. And so for that book, it's set up on the calendar year. And I do like to do things seasonally. It's a little different now because of the access we have to the world. Seasonal is kind of be, can be interpreted any which way, you know, it might not be in season here, but it's in season somewhere else and we can probably get our hands on it. So I do try to think about things in the way people would crave them. So for instance, mm. with wine club, more of the red wines are in the winter months and more of the lighter whites are in the summer months. And then that indicates what kind of food we're going to be having. So that's a little bit easier when I'm making, I, you know, decisions about recipe testing, but forever, um, I still love magazines and I love books. And to the right of me here are bookshelves packed with cookbooks and drink books and everything that you can dream about. Weird ingredients. If I see an ingredient, I don't know, I'll mark it. And I start to compile these big folders of either ripped out magazine pages or notes that I take about, oh, I want to try, you know, Meyer lemon and something, or I want to try. So Mm. it might start with an ingredient that I know and love or a recipe that I've had that I need to make simpler. Um, and then it's just trial and error. I mean, there's definitely a ton of errors and there's definitely yeah. ideas that I'll have, you know, it keeps me up at night. I'm, I'll be thinking about it and I wake up and I think that's going to be delicious together. And then it's just mm. not, and you have to just <laughs> be okay with failure in the kitchen and then find what works. That's so cool. Um, so we started off by talking a little bit about your TV work. And I know you mentioned you sort of reach out to people in other ways, I will say more organically than the TV stuff through the work you do inspiring. We said in your bio, you're inspiring um, women of all ages to get together and to to join in clubs, which I'm like, oh my God, I want to do a knitting club. I want to do a wine club. By the way, I killed my book club, which I do feel a little bit bad about if anybody's listening to that. But <laughs> that's a whole other podcast probably. But can you talk um, before we let you go? I know we, we could talk to you forever about some of the work you're doing with companies and in the corporate world, um, because I know our listeners are probably like, she does so many things. Can you talk about some of that work? Because I think that's really interesting as well. So I have worked with brands forever. There's always brands that want to, you know, get on air or get FaceTime Mm -hmm. um, in broadcast, but there's also brands that want to, like you mentioned, organically reach their audiences. So for instance, I worked with Jack Daniels for a long time to develop programming for women in particular. The whiskey space is dominated by men and he met it from, again, they know a lifestyle and entertaining perspective. While that space is dominated by male drinkers, the consumer is the female. And so they were well aware Mm. that the female had the buying power, but Uh also wanting to cater to them in certain ways. So we developed a series called Savor and Share, where again, we used, I used their whiskeys. I worked on cocktails that might've had pretty ice cubes or just simple additions to bar carts with some bitters um, and then easy recipes to go along with them. And we did that also seasonally. So there was fall, summer and spring that were inspired by things that people probably already do where they wouldn't think of incorporating whiskey and then traveled around the country to host live events with different women's groups. Uh, mostly there is, a, there is a group of women called Women in Whiskey and then also inviting people that typically might not drink whiskey, whether they be part of the media, the trade, or just, you know, there's there are dining groups in every city, you know, women that get together and eat at different restaurants or restaurants that run different programming. And so we tapped into that and tapped into bartenders to talk about how to really educate women on whiskey. 
brown liqueur seems to be something that a lot of women aren't attracted to. I don't know if it's because we've set it up to be in this men's space, but there's definitely some more fluidity, not to use a pun, but in that right. space now <laughs> um, where women are drinking more whiskey drinks. And so that yes. was, so that's an example of it, but I've worked, I work with Pepperidge Farm and Milano and Campbell's and I've worked with different wine brands. I work with Mondavi. So as a consultant, and I talked to them about how people just like the three of us would be using their products in the home space. So again, I'm coming at it from a purely lifestyle perspective from a mom at home in Bucks County who likes to cook and entertain. And so well, you (laughs) are, you are. You are practical and timeless like your watch. I mean, wow. truly. Yes. Really and truly. Totally. <laughs> See what I did there? We're going to wrap up with the watch. Can I tell you, I just am laughing because I am have an upcoming <laughs> baking show where we're making an apple pie. And I was just looking at a list of the ingredients. One of the ingredients is bourbon. Yeah. And yes. I was like, yes. Bourbon and apples go great together. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Bourbon and pie. Love it. I love yeah. it. It's very cool. Like Stephanie said, you are timeless. Like the watch, you do so many amazing things. And we're so happy you came on and told yeah. us about the watch. Well, Maureen, I'm so grateful. Wow. We're, we're so happy to have you. How do, how do our listeners find you? So on social, I'm at Maureen Petrosky. It's just my full name. Remind me on Instagram, TikTok. It's all the, it's all the same content, but it's there. Facebook and there too. And I'm working on, like I said, a new book that's coming out in spring wine club. So you can look for that. Can't wait. You'll all enjoy it. The new version of, and it's, I promise the recipes are a lot easier, but that's the best way to find me. And I hope that you do. We will. will. We're going to link, we're going to link to that in the show notes. I feel like we all need to get together in, in the real world and maybe Maureen will make the drinks and Stephanie can make the desserts and I'll throw something in there too. (laughs) I love it. That works. That works. That works. And we'll wear our watches. Yeah. Tell an amazing story. So thank you so much for joining us and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. 